0: happy holidays i hope you all had a great holiday because this is coming out after the holidays after christmas we are filmmakers cookbook Mm. a podcast where we turn your favorite films into dishes i can't really say recipes because we don't really necessarily make recipes we make pretty much choose a dish Mm -hmm. anyways we do this because we want to help you expand your cinematic diet i am your one of your hosts michelangelo and i'm joined as always by me chase or charles whichever you prefer i don't care your santa claus and your rudolph are back to come back to christmas for this the second part of our christmas adventure for this year am i santa
1: and you're rudolph or are you santa and i'm rudolph because you have the gray hair but I think I
0: look more like Santa. I was thinking you're Rudolph because you you lead this thing and I kind of just take the, the reins and just, you know, steer it. But, Interesting. OK, you know, uh, you can be you can be whoever you want to be, Chase. That's. I want to be Prancer. Not Nixon. I don't know why. Well, I don't know. He had a little trouble with the water water, water gate. <laughs> so they, they replaced Nixon with Vixen. Did they? Is that a thing? no it's not it was one of the jokes actually from from the Simpsons christmas christmas episode anyways last time for this christmas special we introduced our christmas metric and we broke down a christmas film in general what makes a great christmas film we tested it out with our first film Home Alone, which we decided was a Christmas film, and we decided a yummy, scrumdillumptious dessert to make up that movie. Mm -hmm. If you haven't checked it out, you should go watch that first, because we're going to not really go over what makes a Christmas movie in great detail. So maybe definitely watch or listen to that episode and then come come back to this one. But today, we're going to put that same metric to the test again on another classic Christmas film I'm using air quotes there. You can't see it because it's a podcast. But on the original 1947 version of Miracle on 34th Street. Boys, we've got to get across to the public that that picture has everything. Why, it's hilarious. It's romantic. It's tender. It's charming. It's delightful. It's exciting. And it's groovy. Yes, yes, Mr. Schaefer. That does it, boss. Mr. Schaefer... You've got a great idea, naturally. Now, I'll tell you what we do. I want to say, actually, did you watch the trailer for this film? No. This isn't trailer impressions, whatever. Trailer taste testers. This isn't trailer taste testers, but I think the 1947 version of this film has a great trailer. Well, mention it. So the trailer is pretty much, they're in the studio and they're trying to like convince the executive producer or the director or someone to that the film is like comedy romance groovy film
1: interesting he's
0: he's like no film can be like that and he's going around the studio and everyone's like oh i love this film it's so romantic and then he meets someone else and he's like oh i love this film it's it's so groovy. And then he meets another person. It's like, oh, I love this film. Like, it's so funny. I don't know if I said that one already, but they like start, everyone he meets says all the things that the trailer people were trying to say that the movie is. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back and he's like, this movie, this movie must be great. And then they like turn and they're like, I guess you have to find out what it is, kind of thing. <laughs> the trailer is like over. And they show like a little bit of the movie, like in the beginning because they're, as they're like watching it, the executives. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like a straightforward advertisement. It's not a, I think trailers have gone through like a history where they started out as like in theaters this week, blah, 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 a story of whatever and whatever on a perilous journey. Uh, And then they went to kind of what you're talking about, which is this like kind of, I don't know, 1950s-ish era where they were, uh, you know, really pulling marketing out as far as they can kind of like what we're seeing now. Like you see like the teaser trailers aren't usually aren't always things that are actually in the movie. They're like, like Deadpool doing a dance to the song that's in the, the, the movie. That was a really big, famous teaser of sorts for the movie, uh, but wasn't actually featured in the movie at all. The Celine Dion song. Uh, and then, but for, for a long time, like then we got into like the eighties where it's like in a world full of, apes blah 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 yeah and then we get to the trailers nowadays where everything is a thriller and you have this like pumping music and it everything is like this immediacy uh, and it feels like such high action and then you get to the movie and it's not even a thriller it's like a romantic comedy <laughs>
0: I want want them to go back to this kind of old style. It it was such a great thing. I I don't like, and even the ones right now, the thriller ones, they always show a little like too much still. I think if you're doing a thriller, a thriller trailer makes sense,
1: but don't make every movie a thriller. Find other ways to market it. Anyway, I agree with you. More diversity of trailers and marketing for movies because marketing for movies right now has largely sucked.
0: True, but this is is not trailer taste testers. Let's jump into (laughs) the full episode let's talk about miracle on 34th street can i just try to start going into it should i just give like an overview of the movie sure miracle on 34th street is a film that came out in 1947 directed by george seaton and I'm written sorry, by right written and directed by and uh it stars edmund gwent and Mornin o'hara and john payne now if you haven't heard of these people then you've probably were born in the last 20 years and you're not too familiar with this version of the film i think it a lot of people i don't know about you do you think a lot of people watch this version or the 1990s version because they did remake this one in the
1: 1990s i feel like this version is the one that gets cited most often at least visually when people when people talk about miracle on 34th street they usually play clips from this version of the movie not the newer ones gotcha so people have probably seen clips from this movie but they may have not seen the whole movie unless they've watched it on, like, Turner Classic Movies or something.
0: Now, I have to say something to you, Chase, which mm-hmm. I've already told you before, but I'm just going to say it on while we're recording, is that this was actually the first time I've ever watched Miracle on 34th Street. In any yep. I haven't, I've never watched it. My research for this is kind of the opposite of Home Alone, which is that's more of a film that I've watched growing up. So I've seen it a lot of times. This one I've never watched, so I don't have necessarily that nostalgia factor. So I'm interested to see how... It affects this film because i don't have the nostalgia for it let's maybe rehash really quickly just the core elements of a christmas film like the bullet maybe some bullet points and then maybe let's start talking about the film a little more and start uh, talking about how how those aspects of the film can be translated into flavors and then make a dish out of it okie doke so the core flavors should we go one at a time same time sure one at a time all right number one i'll just start with an easy one it has to take place on or around christmas primarily either leading up to or being on either christmas day or christmas eve or like that week i would say is a one of the one of the big points that makes a christmas movie Mm -hmm. uh i think another one is that usually there's some
1: sort of redemption arc that takes place around family and accepting family and Something like that. Uh, Usually, the main character is either
0: at odds with a family member or something along those lines. (laughs) And I would say to add on to that, I wouldn't know. Not sure if I would say it's point three, but sub point two would be. That it overall has holiday themes throughout the film mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, like you said, families of the biggest one, which I think is why it encompasses the whole point. But there's like many themes of like generosity and redemption and different things that kind of got kind of the holiday feeling, generosity and different things like that.
1: And by the end, usually the the main character comes to some sort of conclusion where they are thankful for things that they have and thankful for their family and thankful for whatever is going on. <laughs> Even if it's not a I- perfectly ideal situation, they're always still grateful. And was there a third op- third thing? I know we had a few like sub things, but I wasn't sure. if We had a few things that were like, could be a part of it and may be like kind of tertiarily part of it. Like one thing was There's usually kind of a criticism of consumerism and capitalism in them. However, sometimes that's more buried and sometimes it's more explicit. I think in in today's film it's fairly explicit
0: yeah and i think to break it down by flavor i would say that those feelings that a christmas movie would have would be primarily happy mm-hmm. and you would have bits of sadness maybe some surprise maybe a little bit of fear
1: but oh that's right thrill there's always a ticking time clock of some kind usually
0: or sometimes
1: this isn't necessarily a have to be in there
0: but it commonly comes with a christmas movie yeah that's I think that's another one of those tertiary or secondary kind of theme or like points that make up a christmas movie just on how like the flavors of a christmas movie if we were to break it down happy would be sweet that i think happy would be an overall like major flavor of the of a christmas movie because usually they are kind of more lighthearted and have more happy notes throughout sometimes not but usually or tend to end on a happy note so i think sweetness is the the primary flavor there and just how those points are secondary and tertiary, we have like those little bit maybe spicy, like um, some nutmeg or some cinnamon or different things, right? And then we maybe have a little bit of sad, which would be salty, you know, some salty elements in there. Maybe a little bit of uh, fear, which would be bitter. But mm-hmm. I think it usually doesn't have too much of disgust or anger, which would be like sour or umami flavors. I think it primarily sits with those other four, primarily it's usually the, with happy, which is sweet.
1: Yeah, taking it to the idea of a um a food dish, it, it's primarily this sweet flavor, but it undercuts it and balances it with some other notes. Usually I think we decided that saltiness is oftentimes the balancing the core balancing flavor and translating that into the movie it would be this happiness juxtaposed by like a melancholy of some kind or a sadness of some kind.
0: So, okay. So that's pretty much the overview.
1: So should we define, or not define, should we summarize Miracle on 34th Street? Yeah, I was going to ask you if if you want to do that. Sure. The crux of this movie is essentially a discussion about belief. So this movie is... Primarily about a few people, specifically a small family, one, a divorced mother and her child, uh, and then her neighbor who she ends up falling in love with. And then a Santa Claus who seems to really believe he is the real Santa Claus. And then it becomes sort of a trial film, a, a legal film towards the end. Uh, where they literally put on trial whether this Santa Claus is the real Santa Claus. Yeah, and I was not expecting that
0: at all, actually. It's like, it's a great twist, right? Yeah, I would say that I know this is also not concession impressions. This is like an episode that's just wrapped into everything we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already gave our trailer impressions, or at least I did. And now we're doing mm-hmm. a concession impression. So my impression of this film, because it's my first time watching it, I actually weirdly really liked it. I thought it was really... It was it was really funny. But also, like, it took a weird twist that I thought worked really well. And I thought it was really well done. I don't know if I really necessarily agree with the ending, which is like, oh, they all get... The post office just has a bunch of letters that they just drop off there. Mm. So he's just... Oh, he's Chris, he's Santa Claus. I don't know if I agree with that logic exactly but i think overall it was funny i think definitely this version is a product of its time and i remember there was a lot of jokes and a lot of moments i was like "Ooh, that i don't <laughs> know if this would really fly today yeah um, for sure especially like do you do you remember the the scene with the mom goes home and then she like has the the maid who is black <laughs> yes i was like that's dang. an unfortunate
1: scene yeah
0: this is <laughs> ooh um and like it has like those tropes of the like that time which is like the bad guy is like hey i have a cigarette here see and he like walks in with a bottle of whiskey and a cigar in his mouth and he's like hey you gotta listen to me see it yeah it, it's definitely doesn't
1: play by contemporary social etiquette uh, <laughs> but it it doesn't really focus on any of those things I, so like i don't know it's not really for me to say whether it's it's still appropriate to watch or not but i think It largely focuses on themes that are still fairly universal. Yeah, I think
0: if you look past those elements, then there is actually a lot of, like, I think nicer elements, nicer themes and and messages that they're trying to tell you that actually you can take away to this date, you know, Mm -hmm. it still carries through time, those aspects of it.
1: And I think just like the general idea of like, you have to have faith and hope generally. Not in like a totally religious sense, but like a, because I actually think there's a weirdly like secular reading of this film, but you know, you just have to have the hope that things will end up all right. Because I think yeah. that's like really what is happening is, is this guy, this Chris Kringle, whether or not he is actually Santa or not, because they never actually say, yes, he's definitively the Santa. They just decide it's not worth like saying he's not, you know? I mean The, the movie doesn't say, right? Right all like, they uh, say to
0: the end, the end.
1: yeah and it's up not like he ever displays any like actual magic um he he just you know he, this little girl tells like the most magical thing to spoil it at the end should we go to spoilers i think we're already kind of there
0: well this isn't concession impressions we don't need a spoiler warning this movie came out in 1947 <laughs> Fair if enough. you haven't watched it then there's I no think excuse here
1: And also with movies like this, I think you can know the ending and it'll still play just as strongly because there's not like a twist. It's not a surprise. It's like a, oh, yes, they've led up to this and built up perfectly to this. But so in the ending, the little girl gets the house and the family she always wanted. And throughout the whole movie, we see him doing little things like pushing the two neighbors together so that they form a romance and
0: he slips pictures of the house in his like his book or something like that yeah it's very not magical it's just like
1: it's grounded yeah it's more about like how do we just build a better community i guess than anything else it's not about like if you're you're good jimmy you'll get all the good things you wanted it's like if everyone works together we can make a better christmas for everyone Even the literal, like, I think it's so funny, the twist where he's telling people to go to other stores for toys is so great. And seeing how that actually builds up all of these stores and makes everyone much more profitable, I think was funny. Maybe not very realistic, but funny.
0: (laughs) I think in general, a lot of the jokes were pretty funny. And like, I don't know, would you consider this a comedy film? Because the trailer, it's one of the points, right? And I think it was really, and a lot of the jokes even... I would say we're pretty funny.
1: I don't know if you feel this way, but I do think most Christmas movies weirdly are some of the most radical movies because they almost inherently have this anti-consumerist nature because they're all like, everybody's fed up with how consumerist the Christmas holiday has become where everybody has the most
0: toys. Going off of that, I would say it does have a lot of like political undertones. Which I would say makes it a little bit spicy. <laughs> but I don't know if that necessarily means it's a surprise. I would say though, that compared to Home Alone, this film is definitely really happy to me. Like it there's like a lot of comedy, it has a happy ending. Even throughout there's a lot of happy moments. It does dip to some sadness at times, but I think it's even the sadness is I felt less sad and more actually angered. This one actually I felt had a little bit of like, I was kind of almost upset that the people didn't believe he was Santa Claus. Mm. Um, But I think there is like that big, sorry, I know you're going to say something. I just want to finish this thought. There's a big element of, of, surprise too because one in the third act it just takes that turn which I was like really surprised and there's elements of surprise throughout where you're like oh I'm surprised that they're they're actually bringing in a doctor who is testing him and I was surprised how there's this elements of is he a crazy old man or is he actually Santa Claus and like there's like these bits of surprise throughout that I thought worked really well but I think it definitely leaned more on the surprise for
1: this film interesting. I think I agree with you
0: about the the
1: tone of anger. Because I think there is sort of an angry undertone to it. But I think that's like the third flavor. For me, I think it is primarily happy. And then it's sad. Because you have like a lot of people in kind of states of unhappiness, I suppose. And then you also have the fact that it is, I think they are trying to say that it's sad. That no one wants to just go along with this kind old man. You know, even if you don't necessarily truly believe that he's Santa, it doesn't really matter what what difference does it make? Just he's bringing Christmas cheer. But I do think there is an underpinning of anger with the politics of it, and then also the I think towards the end, especially when they they literally lock Santa up. I think that's probably the angriest moment is Santa basically giving up. <laughs> And deciding, I don't, I don't want to be sent anymore. Yeah, right. So yeah, I, I definitely see those. I don't know if I get surprised so much because to me it seemed all like pretty, like of course this would happen.
0: Really? Yeah. I, thought, I guess for me it was my first viewing, and I guess I, I don't know. I, I expected to be
1: whimsical and. See, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just I'm too cynical.
0: <laughs> maybe I'll. Cause... I just. I also will say this though, and I think people listening to us maybe we'll start to, to notice this as well but i'm one of the people who when i go into a film i can look at it and like critique it but i i would say that i am the worst person for like noticing things that come that come up when i watch a movie with someone i'm like wow i can't believe that this happened at this point and they're like wait didn't you realize that like that was so obvious that that was going to happen or that person was bad or or like that th- this twist was going to happen i was like i had no idea <laughs> for some reason i'm like terrible at that so in this film i was like completely surprised whenever like they would bring someone in and like i was like oh that's an interesting thing that like i didn't expect them to take this route and be like oh they're going to test him they're going to just randomly give him a job that like his name is chris kringle but he also lives at a, like an elderly building and like, you know, oh, he gets put in a sane asylum and then he goes to court. I thought it was surpri- It was yeah. surprising to me.
1: I, I think maybe because I was primed for it to be the world was going to be like a cynical, realistic world was because I think literally the opening scene is with the mother being like very logical. Don't believe in the fairies. Don't believe in any of this to her like six year old child however the child is i don't think she's six i think she's older than that but young child then you have this character chris kringle who's a very whimsical man but still i think it's sort of a fish out of water story in that chris kringle in this movie is a whimsical character set in a cynical realistic world and so i think when I, once i knew that it made sense to me that what do you do with him if we if you met a man in the real world who was claiming to be santa you
0: would think he was crazy <laughs> And then you would you would start to consider, is he a danger? That's true. But at the same time, this movie, it's taking itself seriously. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like a lot of times movies are very hyper-realistic. If, if a movie is trying to be realistic, it's already hyper-realistic. And then a lot of times it's just fate. Like it's, it's like, oh, okay, this is film logic, right? Mm-hmm. But this one's like, oh... What if in real life someone said that they're Santa Claus? Obviously, you think they're crazy, right? And I think this movie is like took that approach, mm-hmm. which is like that's that's cool. I just wasn't expecting it. I just thought like people would be like, "Oh, okay, I guess, I guess so," and then they just kind of go on with their life. Um, I think that would have been a really bad Christmas
1: movie though if everybody just immediately accepted him as Santa.
0: Well, because I thought it was going to focus more on him trying to convince the mom and daughter that santa exists right and he was being trying to to recreate like some kind of miracle for them because i I still don't even know what the miracle is on on 34th street i guess (laughs) the
1: miracle that he is
0: declared santa claus is that the miracle
1: i think there's lots of little miracles the miracles that well isn't so 34th street if i remember correctly is one of the streets that the macy's day parades go down
0: oh so it's the miracle that they found him maybe that's what it is i guess i think it's
1: it's just like the parade that we spend this time of year thinking about each other as opposed to thinking about ourselves the other 99 percent of the year and all this other things those are all the miracles and then there's uh chris kringle himself is a miracle this like totally totally whimsical totally sincere person in this very cynical kind of cold world the fact that you know he wins a trial (laughs) is a miracle it's all it's all there i guess all right sure the fact that the girl gets what she wants most for christmas and ends up believing in santa
0: after not believing in santa (laughs) i'm trying to sell it to you that that it's spicy but i if you don't think it's spicy then what would you say the flavors of this movie is for you now again really before you answer this i would categorize it as this primarily happy a little bit of salty possibly even a little bit of umami or anger and then a middle thing so like first flavor is happy and then i would say second possibly is surprise which would be Mm -hmm. spicy and then a lingering taste would be sad and anger which would be salty and umami that would be how i would break it down but it seems like I have a different idea from you. So first, what would you say that this, what would you think about that?
1: Yeah, I, I think I agree with you mostly. I just, I don't see surprise as much as you do. Like, I think, I think it's a surprise that he won the case, sure. And I think there's sort of a surprise that he manages to, you know, get all of this positive good stuff throughout the movie just by being a genuine good, kind-hearted person basically. Surprise isn't the right word for me it, it feels more uh satisfied <laughs> i don't know i don't know how to say it like i'm satisfied satisfied, that...
0: satisfied. <laughs> well it just it hits the spot you know what i mean because the reason why i wanted to pitch surprise to you as spicy was because i initially thought about this movie and i wanted to pitch you this idea mm-hmm. miso gingerbread cookies okay interesting That miso is going to be like that umami anger element to it we really like miso used as like a as a slight saltiness and it has like that uh umaminess that savoriness to to uh miso as well i think it kind of hits both of those flavors uh-huh. so i think in the movie for me sadness and anger almost felt interchangeable at times so i felt like miso could be a good flavor to meet both those requirements then you have that gingerbread cookie element which has like a little it's sweet right it's a sweet cookie but you do have like a little bit of those spicy elements
1: so that's what my pitch is i like it i like it a lot what if we ripped ourselves off again and uh did a gingerbread courthouse was it actual ginger
0: yeah in in santa claus
1: Oh, we were going to put actual miso and actual ginger in Santa Claus and then everyone else was going to be a regular.
0: So was going to be a regular gingerbread cookie.
1: Got it. Okay. Decorate it like a courthouse and uh, with Santa at the stand testifying yeah. and uh, a bag of Deus Ex Machina um, Christmas c- cards coming exactly. in the door. Perfect.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little little like Uh, lucky charms like marshmallow mail letters cool i like it very very sweet lucky charms there just a bag of candy sweet sugary goodness i like it i like how we consistently have been making little dioramas for Mm -hmm. our dishes for christmas me too i think uh it feels very apropos
1: for the holiday season
0: yeah that's true to wrap it up, then, we have decided that this is a Christmas movie, if not the pinnacle of all Christmas movies. Two, we have decided that this dish is a miso gingerbread cookie, Santa Claus, that is in a gingerbread house courthouse, and there is a little bag of this ex machina marshmallows letters. Yeah. So we have a dish. We have a decided what this movie is, and we also broke down the. Tr- we also gave our trailer impressions and we did concession impressions of this movie so we, we did were really good this on one. this episode we did everything for this one so this mm-hmm. is your post Christmas present Yep. this is part two of our part our three-part Christmas series for this year and look forward to next week's uh, finale which we really put this movie to the test and really debate over if the next film is a christmas movie or not i think the first two are kind of plain kind of mm-hmm. easy to to kind of like yeah these are these are christmas movies the next one i think is going to be really putting this theory to the test so look it's forward
1: controversial to that one. it's uh real film reporting film journalism yeah. we're, we're yeah. really leaning into the the cutting edge controversies of our time
0: look forward to that one and um that's it for this one everyone bye bye everyone <laughs> see you next time we we'll